0: This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help.
1: He has time, launches it to the end zone.
2: Touchdown, Terrence Williams! goes to the right side for Crabtree, it's caught. Five. He oh. plays, oh, he's the Red Raider!
0: Pussy, pussy at the ten. pussy up the right sideline! He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Welcome, everyone, to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, in the studio, in the studio, Mike Craven.
1: Yeah, we're doing this uh, all together. This is nice. Yeah, this is, this nice. is the
0: first time. First time we've all done this together. Mallory, how are you? I'm
2: doing well. This is exciting. This I really, really liked cool. it. We were gonna record tomorrow, but I was like, I think Craven's coming in tomorrow. Let's just wait till tomorrow so yeah. we can all just
0: do it together. Yeah. So we're all in the same studio for the first time. Uh, this new crew. Uh, man, after last week. I guess this is, this is a good weekend to have everybody in because after last week where there really wasn't much to talk about in terms of like what we're expecting from the games, now we get a lot of things that we could potentially expect. We'll get into that in a bit. we got some news and notes. But first, Mallory, <laughs> I told you last week, if Michigan stayed up <laughs> Miami, I will let you talk about Michigan State for a bit on a Texas football podcast. Mallory, the floor is yours.
2: Okay, I just have one question. Yes, were you expecting the final score to be that big of a margin? No, okay. I th-
0: Miami's in trouble. But yes. also, I think Michigan State is also really good. Credit to them. Um, I don't uh, think. I don't think. I didn't expect that. Uh, I, I'm, afraid to st- I'm afraid to how much I weigh Miami might being bad versus like Michigan State legitimately being, good. being pretty good. I think right. they're pretty good. but
2: And I don't think we'll find that out, especially with Michigan State, for another couple of weeks. I mean, we got Nebraska next and Western Kentucky after that. We don't really start conference play until – later, later on in the season. So I don't think we can really debate on if they're actually l- legitimate until yeah. we play, like, Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State. It so hurts,
0: hurts my heart to see Derrick King struggling like this. But, I mean, Mel Tucker has them. Look, he has, like, so Michigan State's defense is, looks really good. Yes. They have a running game again with Kenneth Walker.
2: Who and, is in the Heisman talk for sure. He
0: probably should be. And – they have a quarterback for the first time since Connor Cook, probably. Yes, like absolutely. That's, that's insane. Every good Michigan State team you see, they have right. a good quarterbacks, and so. they they played us
2: really well all the way up until yeah. about four minutes left in the game, and we kind of just started to pull away. You yeah. know, uh, uh, King threw a pick. You know, we were able to capitalize on that, and it really just started and to. to D.R. King away. almost
0: had sixty passes. Jesus. that's a for yeah. a guy who well, and, and should just, not be passing that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, the surprising part, it was 100, almost 100 degrees down on the field, too. <laughs> which is, you know, and, and I saw a lot of things. Like, our guys looked really hydrated and comfortable. It's Miami, the one that struggled, yeah. you know, and it was at Miami. So, you're thinking it should be the other way around. But, realistically, I think we were just better all over, like, fit and just looked better overall.
1: Poor coaching. Probably,
0: (laughs) yeah, poor coaching.
1: I mean, you have, what, eight, nine months to get ready for Alabama, and you look like your team has never game planned ever before. And then you, yeah, you lose in the last four minutes like that. Right. That's uh, To me, that's just a lack of discipline and bad coaching. And uh, Manny Diaz isn't long for that job.
0: No, and it's unfortunate because uh, we mentioned Derek King, obviously, our our boy, former Houston quarterback. And Rhett Lashley, former SMU offensive coordinator, took the job there. Uh, Last year they looked pretty good when Derek King was healthy and – just haven't gotten off this night so i mean if 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 diaz is gone after this year it m- might be a pretty good i still think a pretty good coordinator on the market so um anyway there's your michigan state thank talk thank you i appreciate that
2: yeah of course that was very course. nice of you <laughs> to anybody that cares thank you <laughs>
0: so uh we got some a couple more news and notes um one thing I didn't mention, I didn't mention to you, Mike Craven still is not mo- living in Dallas yet. So nope. if anybody has any uh, ideas or suggestions for Mike Craven <laughs> where he should move, <laughs> feel free to send them on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if he'll take them into account, probably not, but it's always open to suggestions.
1: Yeah, it was, well, if it's in the Austin area, I'll think about it. <laughs>
0: Not willing to move.
1: Georgetown's close to Dallas. (laughs) Georgetown's nice. Uh, Uh,
0: Nothing north of Temple. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh seriously though, the last news and note, um, Charlie Brewer, of course we remember him from Lake Travis to Baylor, uh transferred to Utah this past year. Uh reportedly has already left the program. Um from what I understand, from what it looks like, he was benched for Cameron Rising. Uh, Utah, which is an odd destination for former Texas quarterbacks, Cameron Rising and Jaquinnon Jackson are also there. Um, so again, let me see. I'm trying to bring up a style line. It was not great. Of course, he's battled in Charlie Brewer's battled injury. I think we kind of hoped that he would kind of find his form kind of the, the what he flashed during his sophomore year a little bit um, in a new environment did not really look like the case. Let me see. Right. Here. So against BYU, he was 11 uh 15 of 26 for 147 eh, one touchdown, one pick. And then against San Diego State, the game he was benched 15 of 26 14 of 26, excuse me, for 104, 53% completion, no touchdowns, one pick, three sacks. So again, bench for Cameron Rising, who is Uh, kind of coming back out of nowhere after kind of getting lost in the depth chart at Texas Um, and Charlie Brewer has left the program. He has, he is apparently using his uh, by all indications going to use his last year of eligibility. We'll see what happens with that. But
1: Dr. Brewer,
0: I was about to (laughs) say, like, I think he should just probably be done. Done. Like he's, he's had so many injuries Mm -hmm. and a lot of them were concussion related. Like, you know, I I don't know. He just doesn't seem like the quarterback that we thought we were going to get his sophomore year.
1: I'm never going to be the guy who tells somebody else like when to stop playing a thing that they love to play, but sure. it, it definitely does seem like you know he's about to be on his third school if he does take that route. It's not like Cam Rising had been lighting up the world or anything when he played in 2020. So, yeah, I think writing's on the wall uh, for Charlie, but you know he just got to do what what he, what makes him feel you know feel best. And I don't know what his academic situation is. Maybe sure. he is working on a master's or Maybe. you know a doctorate degree or something like that.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll keep track of that, see where he ends up. If he does continue to keep playing, still going to root for him. By oh, You know, everybody at Baylor still loves him. Um, everybody at um, – I know so many fans who, you know, as frustrating as his play on the field was, they – they, hate, they hated the idea of benching him just because of what the, he flashed and what kind of person he proved to be. So. I
1: might be the expert on Utah's quarterback room.
0: It's wild, right?
1: <laughs> right, because I mean, I covered Lake Travis, yeah. right, and the preps days and then when I was on the recruiting beat, I went out you to Newberry uh, Park and <laughs> talk talked to Cam it. Rising, hung out with his family for a while. I've known Jaquindan, you know, since he was like in eighth grade yeah. or whatever. And so, yeah, I may know more about the Utah <laughs> quarterbacks than I do about any weird. quarterback room in the nation. That
0: was such a weird collection of talent because yeah. they all announced within like a month of each other You're that right. they were all going, so I don't know. Um, we'll still we'll still have a reason to keep track of Utah, I guess, with yeah. Cameron Rising. It's and a beautiful and and Jackson. So yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Let's get on to our picks. Uh, we got a great slate. I think we got a pretty pretty great slate, mm-hmm. like top to bottom uh, as far as early games to late. We're gonna get into it right off the bat. Iron skillet, Mallory, take it away.
2: Starting off strong, SMU at TCU this Saturday, September twenty fifth. At 11 a.m., you can watch this on FS1, and TCU is favored by just nine points, which I think is a little bit – I think it's going to be a little bit closer
0: than that. Mike, what do you think about this? This is one you're going to be at. Yeah, I will be at this game. It's
1: the 100th rendition mm-hmm. of the Iron Skillet was supposed to happen last year. Obviously, it was canceled. So the second straight home game in this one for mm. TCU. I know SMU is not too excited about that one. But uh, Fort Worth versus Dallas is always an argument I enjoy being a part of. And so this will be my first one to watch in person. So I'm excited there. To me, this is all about TCU's secondary versus SMU's passing attack. That's where this game is, is going to come down to. I think TCU's offense is going to have success against SMU's defense, so it just becomes does Tanner Mordecai and his collection of, of wide receivers and tight ends, can they you know make do against a Big 12 defense that's well-coached and had an extra week of preparation. So uh, the two storylines for me are, yeah, the TCU defense for the SMU offense and then is it, is it better to have the momentum coming off of a Hail Mary win like mm-hmm. SMU had last week where you're just feeling great about yourself? Or is it better to have a week off? Sure. And yeah. so I think you will have that kind of conversation. If SMU comes out hot, it'll be like, wow, is TCU kind of rusty, kind of slept walk into this one? Um, or do they look like a really rested team that had an extra week to prepare?
0: Yeah. I think that one of the things that was interesting was – well, first, uh, shout-out Rasheed Rice for kind of starting off that TC, uh, uh, Fort Worth versus Dallas battle. Um, where's he from again? Uh,
1: Fort Worth Hills uh, he's from or something Short like Worth, one Fort of Fort Worth, the Richland Hills or something like
0: that. Something yeah. like that. And let me – I'm trying to break that up before I – anyway. But he he, basically, uh, he told uh, Joe Hoyt in the story uh, – yeah, North Richland Hills. So he, he basically was like everybody comes to Dallas – yeah. Everybody everybody comes to You're coming to, to Texas, you're Dallas. going to Dallas, not yeah. to Fort Worth. Right. And, and that, that they just, don't want to play us. Right. When, they don't want to play. Because they beat them last time. time. And yeah. of course TCU fans are like, well, that was the first time in however long. And yeah. so like it's it's gonna be great. This game is gonna be a lot of fun. I'm I think I'm gonna lean TCU covering this. I think wow. I think so. I okay. think so. I think so for me. This is obviously going to be a strength-on-strength battle, right? TCU's defense versus SMU's offense. But I like TCU's offense going into this SMU defense. I think that for what they're going to try to do, which is run the ball, obviously, I think they're vulnerable to whenever Max Duggan can throw the ball. I really do. SMU is vulnerable, I mean. And I think they've done a better job at protecting him this year, Mm -hmm. Max Duggan. And so I feel like up front, TCU wins that battle. At least on the other side of the ball, not the strength v. strength matchup. Um, I think they won it on offense, and so I don't know if SM. I don't know. The the, the question mark to me obviously comes in which strength. You know, does TCU's pass rush refine itself and you know make Tanner Mordecai's life miserable? But I don't think it will. I think it'll be fine. But I think TCU's offense is actually one that's going to control this game for them.
1: You know they gave up thirty plus to Cal. That that True. concerns me about True. the TCU True. defense. They've they've had to replace a decent amount of talent in that secondary yeah. over the last couple of years, and that's kind of caught up to them a little bit. And to me, it's which Max Duggan do we see? Mm-hmm. If you tell me that Max Duggan, you know, the, his A game shows up, yeah, give me TCU to cover. Mm-hmm. If if he, you know, he's capable of being inconsistent. If he plays one of those kind of games and they can't get Quentin Johnston, Tay Barber, those kind of guys involved, mm-hmm. I think this one's a close one in a rivalry game. Nine points seems like a lot. I'm probably going to lean towards SMU plus nine. Okay.
0: What's next, Mallory?
2: Another really good 11 a.m. matchup. Texas Tech at Texas. You can watch this on ABC, and Texas is favored by eight. Points.
1: Check out that Taj Brooks profile we yeah. put out today. A yeah. little, little shout out there. I, this one I'm excited about. Me I, too. This one's one of those where like I feel like I'm starting to think Texas Tech is better than most mm-hmm. people think Texas Tech is, and then this one's going to kind of show me if I'm on the right track or not. And yeah. it feels like a, a more physical, more mentally tough, kind of gritty Texas Tech team, which feels like a weird sentence to say out loud. Right. And if they can go into Austin and beat a team who we've seen get punched in the mouth and not respond very well to it, uh, if they can go in and do that, I think you know we kind of take Matt Wells officially off the hot seat and kind of mm-hmm. talk about what he's done inside that program. And conversely, if they go down there with all this momentum and get beat by double digits or something like that, now it's like, okay, what was that Houston win in week one? Does that really matter? And then we start talking about UT and what they are. So to me, this is one of those ones where we can get some questions answered or it's going to be one of those where we leave with more questions than than what we went into. So it's, it's a very intriguing battle to me.
0: I think so. I think that for me, one of the biggest questions is, how healthy is Roderick Thompson? Because if they can got this Texas State, just Texas, no, Freudian slip there. Uh, Texas <laughs> defense um, with two running attacks, two running backs that are both very capable, and we saw how vulnerable Texas was to a good running attack against mm-hmm. Arkansas. If they can attack them with Taj Brooks and Roderick Thompson. I don't know. You know, I, th- I think that you know he got he got four carries. Sarrador Thompson did uh, last last week, and so you know maybe the I don't know if they were just bringing him along maybe maybe for this game or who knows. But he is playing again, um, so I think the spread was a little too much. This gives a lot of respect to Texas, especially mm-hmm. what we saw last time against another Power Five team. Um, I think Texas wins, but I think Texas Tech covers this. Like you said, I think this is a team that can get punched in the mouth it would not shock me if Texas goes up 14 nothing right i think casey thompson's going to come out have this offense moving a little bit better but i expect texas tech to respond now mm-hmm. i think they have that counter punch in them and so give me tech covering but give me texas outright i still haven't you know maybe this is the game that proves me wrong about texas tech being able to be hit this other level but um, I'm still a little hesitant on what their ceiling might be,
1: and I like that Texas Tech got a lot of receivers involved last week. Mm-hmm. Tight end even had a couple sure, touchdown sure. passes and stuff like that. And Texas' secondary is not great either, mm-hmm. and so there's going to be some matchups to take advantage of there for Tyler Shuck and company. So, yeah, it, I take the over. That's the, that's the <laughs> right. that, that's the part I feel most confident confident about.
2: And Tech's been known to spoil Texas's plan too. Yeah. Like last mm-hmm. year, that game was really good, so I'm hoping yep. it'll be just as good this year. But. Yeah. Moving on to Texas State at Eastern Michigan. It's gonna be Saturday at one PM. You can watch this on ESPN plus and Texas State is favored or is not favored, excuse me. Eastern Michigan is favored by six and a half points. All
0: right. How um, much
1: of this game do you think you'll be able to watch? Oh
0: my god. All right. Because I like pain, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna watch all of this game. Um, oh geez, I like man. Pain. <laughs>
1: So let me give you a scenario, yeah, right? right? To me, this is one of those things where you can eliminate the Incarnate Word loss uh-huh. if, with a good performance yes. here. I think Jake Spavadol can go, look, we were missing a lot of guys last week. That Incarnate Word team is really good. We put up 34-plus points. We just didn't have the horses on defense because of whatever situations were going on last week mm-hmm. to compete over four quarters. We went into Eastern Michigan. We beat them. Everything's fine. It was just an aberration of a week. If you go there though and you lose by ten points or more, what is going on yeah. in San Marcus and where do you go from there? And so that that's that's the thing here is like this feels like one of those like you you're gonna see how much the locker room it really believes in Jake Spavittal. If it's a inspired performance, they're just as talented as this eastern Michigan team. They can play with them. If they go in and just lay down and just get beat, to me, that's a sign that you've lost the locker room and that can't happen in year three.
0: Yeah. I think the issue with me, the issue for me is, and this is with respect to Eastern Michigan, this is a game about Texas State, right? Because I'm looking at their schedule, uh, Eastern Michigan's. Okay, cool. They threw the ball well against a bad UMass. They got rocked by Wisconsin. I'm not going to hold that against them. And they beat St. Francis, FCS. You know, so like, I don't know really what, how much to take from that. They beat. A bad uh, UMass by two scores, 14. Eh, you know, like, I don't know what to take about this. And so this is going to be about if Texas State's offensive line can hold because the fact that Brady McBride was running for his life against SF, uh, UIW, like, that's inexcusable. The fact they couldn't run the ball really consistently. Um, the fact that they couldn't stop anything in the secondary. So, mm give me Texas state outright because they need this win. <laughs> I think they need mm-hmm. this win because when I looked at their non-conference schedule, you know, obviously we expected the UIW win, but they were somewhat until that loss, they were on pace to basically do I think 3 and 1 yep. in that non-conference. And I think they need this more than UIW than, than Eastern Michigan does. So
1: you're staring at 1, one and 4. Exactly. If you lose Heading this game. They a
0: tough Sunbelt slate, so yep. give me Texas State outright uh that line i think that li- that line's a little weird to me that line to me screams oh my god they lost to uiw last week. yeah yeah <laughs> not, right. not like right. actually we think right. eastern michigan's better because so. the thing
1: to remember about lines is they're just to get 50 percent of bets on sure. one side or the other they're not sure. really predictions right right it's right. nobody saying that eastern michigan is six and a half points better it's right. saying to in order to get as much money bet on texas state as on eastern michigan we have to set it at six and a half yeah uh, the average better is just going to see that they lost to an FCS team last week and just feel like anybody can beat them. I don't know if that's exactly true or not, and sure. we're going to find that out this week. Yep.
2: Coming up next, we've got Texas A&M versus Oof. Arkansas. Man. This Saturday at 2.30 at AT&T Stadium, a neutral site. You can watch this game on CBS. Texas A&M favored by 5.5 points points this is gonna be really exciting. i think i think arkansas is going to this game with a little bit of fire you know yes. they're they're going in at three and 0 they've already upset a top tier college team in texas already they're gonna be looking for their second this week
1: we're still considering the longhorns top tier
2: <laughs> top, at the time top, i,
1: I the feel time like i can, can make i can make the joke i can make i can make that joke <laughs> i i am old enough uh to remember this game being like one of the best games of my childhood, like A and M Arkansas, mm-hmm. was always fantastic. It's cool that Arkansas is kind of getting back to that a little bit. Coach Pittman there is just doing a Herculean job.
0: Seriously,
1: good job. I, for a guy like me, a person like me, I love like this is this is like my jam, mm-hmm. right? They're gonna line up and they're gonna just hit each other, yeah. and like the mm-hmm. first one to not stand up for the eight count is gonna lose. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, to me like the SEC has a profile that isn't reality right. you know most Especially of them are sp- right they're yeah. all spread teams that right. like score 30 40 points this is going to be one of those SEC games that like everybody talks about and i'm pretty excited to see not what this A&M defense has cuz i think i know what they are mm-hmm. it's more we're going to find out what this A&M offense mm-hmm. is and if that A&M offensive line is coming together uh, coming together Uh, in a good way because you know take away Kenyon green and i don't know if we know too much about those guys so this is going to be a a real test for a team that only scored 10 against colorado and they're going to need some from their quarterback but for me this is running uh, running the ball against running the ball and uh, i think it's going to be a close one a&m minus five was a lot closer than i thought it was Mm -hmm. going to be Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think it's a fair line i
0: think it's a fair line too the thing that I'm I'm excited to see this AM or this yeah, AM defense versus this Arkansas offense because you know you mentioned that's Sam Pittman's side of the ball. That's yeah. what we know this A&M side of the ball, the AM team's gonna pride itself on. I don't know how good do we think this Arkansas defense is? Mm-hmm. Right? Because obviously that's gonna be the make or break for A&M because they're gonna have Zach Calzada forced to make plays, right? Yep. Regardless. Like they're not gonna win every they're not gonna be able to win every game with just Isaiah Spiller and Devonta Chain. So we want so I'm wondering. What happens when, because right now we have Rice, Texas, and Georgia Southern as tests for this Arkansas team, right? Right now, probably look like Texas is not the offense that we thought it was going to be. So, you know, shutting down those three teams, what's that really say about this Arkansas defense, right? This isn't, if they come out, and granted, NM and might not be a very good offense either, so they could come out and look pretty solid. But I wonder about the top-end potential of that, and I think that's where I'm a little hesitant. I think... I'm going to go A&M. I think I'm going to go – they're going to cover this. But it's not going to be – I mean, it's, this goes without saying, not going to be high-scoring at all. Like, this isn't going to be a game where Zach Calzada's is going to have to put up 28. Right? I think I, I think 21 gets it done. I These think games 17.
1: have been weird, though.
0: They have been weird. That's the That was the other thing I was going to mention. Arkansas A&M. It's a weird game. It is a weird it's game. Neutral side, neutral it, side. It's neutral site.
1: Neutral site. It's been a weird game the last couple of years. I mean, and like, also,
0: um, I was reading a preview. I forgot where I was. I think it was uh Saturday down South where they had one of the reasons A&M was going to win. And one of the reasons was just, was because they just do against Arkansas. And it's like, that's kind of true. They just do like going back to Kevin Sumlin. They've just won these games and it's always weird. It's always up in the air. And it's like, uh, I don't know it's been the case since like 2011 I think where they've just won beat Arkansas oh. and so like I don't know what it is but I mean this would be a year to like have that narrative flip because of how Sam Pittman has them playing but um it's kind of one of those you know Oklahoma winning the big 12 you know choosing until they don't happen man <laughs> yep
1: I think Arkansas's defensive line is pretty good sure okay I, yeah. I think their front seven's pretty good and that's gonna force calzada to do some things uh in the path and to me it's what will jimbo allow him to do right some of it's that too right. will the game plan be look our defense is only allowed 17 points through three games we only need 21 to win this one we're just not going to make mistakes and play field position or does jimbo go look if we can get to 21 points by halftime this yeah. game's over and so and
0: also i would say i mean kj jefferson is not that good of a thrower either right and so like if AM's defense comes out and holds arkansas and on, you know, run, run, all of a sudden you don't get third and long, yeah. right? Yeah, they, yeah. You're, they're in a similar struggling position. And, so. that's, and
1: that's the point. Whoever wins first down offensively. If A&M's offense does better on first downs than Arkansas's offense, A&M wins this game. If it's vice versa, Arkansas wins this game. Yep.
2: Up next, we have Baylor versus <sighs> Iowa State this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch this game on Fox. And Iowa State is favored by seven points. And I think one of the most interesting aspects – of this game will be the matchup between Iowa State's defense mm-hmm. and Baylor's run game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I saw the status that Iowa State has held four consecutive opponents under 100 rushing yards, and mm-hmm. Baylor has already rushed for almost 1,000 yards and has 11 touchdowns in just three games. So I think that will be one of the most interesting aspects to this game. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, that to me, yeah, I think that's dead on. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if they can't run the ball, then it's all on Gary Bohannon. Exactly. And I don't think anybody knows exactly how that will go. Mm-hmm. Um you know it, it could get ugly that way if he's forced to throw the ball over 30 times I think Iowa State covers. Absolutely. If he's able to throw the ball 22 times I think that means Baylor's right there in that game.
0: I think I have a question. Is there a team we know least about in the state than Baylor? Because I, I would
1: argue Houston, but yeah.
0: I mean, maybe, yeah. but at least Houston has tech. You know, Baylor's played Texas State, Texas Southern and Kansas. Right. Like, you know, granted I am a Texas State grad, but they ran the ball pretty effectively on some pretty bad teams. Right? It's true. It's true. And so I'm wondering, again, the defense did what it needed to do. Sure, fair enough. They've been so far up to the billing, and there's only, there's only so much you can – you play who's on your schedule, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to hold too much against them. But I feel like we're about to learn everything about Baylor in yes. this game in particular because you're going up against a pretty good, pretty good offense, a really good defense, a really good coach, and all of a sudden you have players that can counteract whatever you do on both sides of the ball – and now Baylor, it's going to be, for the first time, I guess, I mean, against Texas State was some, you know, some back and forth, but they kind of put it to bed late. A team that, you know, is going to have to have them adjust a little bit. It's going to make them adjust a little bit. So, like, I think, I think Mallory was right on when she said it's the running game versus this Iowa State defense mm-hmm. because yep. we know that Ebner and Smith are going to be what they're going to be leaning on, right? They're going to try to get those guys 15, 20 carries each, right? Right. What happens after side of that, right? First down, second down, okay, third and eight. Is Gary Bahannon going to be able to throw the ball, right? Is Gary Bahannon going to be able to find, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, R.J. Snead or something in, in these long routes that Iowa State's going to kind of bait them into? And I think Baylor's defense is good enough to make that a game um, to where, you know, they're going to get some chances on offense. I don't think they're going to – this game's not going to get out of hand. I'm going to put it that way. But mm-hmm. um, is it going to be one of those kind of – frustrating 17 to three games for like three quarters uh-huh. where Baylor's constantly getting chances on offense and just can't get anything done, which unfortunately we've seen from Baylor the past couple of years where they've had good running games and couldn't just get anything downfield.
1: And to me, some of that's game plan. And if I'm Baylor, I'm coming out and I'm letting Bohannon throw the ball, on early downs. Sure. You know, Iowa state's going to stack the box. It's going to be one of those where they're, they're you know, run on first down, run on second down. Now it's third and eight. We'll get away from that. Mm-hmm. Throw it on first down, get it, get some rhythm going and kind of break some tendencies. Cause if they don't, I do think that's Iowa state defense just loads the box. And even if that Baylor offensive line is just stellar, mm-hmm. you can't block eight people mm-hmm. with five and a tight end. So, uh, he's going to have to extend the plays. I would hope that the offensive coordinator lets him do some of that on first down when when it's a little bit easier to do than on third and nine. Yeah.
2: Coming up, a really fun one. UTSA at Memphis this Saturday at 2.30. Mm. Mm. You can watch this game on ESPNU, and Memphis is favored by only three points.
1: Most important game in UTSA football history to me. Really? I, I really do think that a win at Memphis puts UTSA uh-huh. in the re- – on a national level, they start getting talked about on the G. Like when people start talking about G five schools, mm-hmm. UTSA starts getting UTSA. listed in there. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about you know, especially as musical chairs conference re- realignments going on. Yeah, uh, if they go in the, out there and they lay an egg, I, I think that kind of gets them written off a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, from people that aren't you know familiar with the program. So, to me, this is the most important game uh, for UTSA in, in its history, just because so much is hanging in the balance in terms of national perception.
0: Sure, I. 100% agree with that. I I, I, I when you said it in history, I was a little hesitant, but then I was like, no. Compared to, in context of what's on the line, yep. where both teams are, kind of you know Memphis being that established group of five power, and also realignment's on the horizon, baby. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if they come out and beat Memphis, is the AAC looking? Ooh, hello, UTSA. because yeah. you, know? you
1: got San Antonio. You have you have a dome stadium. There's you a have lot. AAC right. losing
0: a Texas team in mm-hmm. Houston. Yep. Like, do they want to maintain that? Do they go after UTSA? Um, you know, I think. Yeah, I can definitely see that I think to me this game is weirdly going to come down to another Texas player that does not play for UTSA quarterback Seth Hennigan <laughs> which is weird for me to say Memphis starting quarterback Seth Hennigan because
1: I've heard that name
0: yeah you've heard that name right uh pilot it's pretty good Denton Ryan teams where he at mm-hmm. times did not look like the strength oh, of that man. team um he's playing pretty well yeah Is really well. I think that's been one of the biggest surprises is how I didn't think this was a kid that was ready to start in college. Um, And he's played pretty well. And granted, he's going against a really good UTSA defense now. What does the kid look like in probably the most high profile group of five game of the weekend against a defense that's going to be well coached and ready Jeff Traylor, Jeff, there's no doubt Jeff Traylor looked at it and he's like, oh, they got a true freshman quarterback? Mm-hmm. That's where we can win the game.
2: Put the pressure on Right? That's mm-hmm.
0: where, yes, he's going to absolutely try to make Seth Henningan's life hell. Mm-hmm. Can he do it? Potentially. I think he's going to try. Offensively, I'm not as worried about UTSA in this one. Um, I think they will be able to, I think they've really been smart with how they've handled since Singer McCormick. They haven't, they've. I think Frank Harris has improved tremendously as a passer, I think, because last year there were times where I just did not think he could win you a game. He maybe would do it once or twice a year, but I thought if you depended on him to run your offense, you're going to have a lot of... Uh, shortcomings
1: and you can tell that the coaching staff knows what those shortcomings are this year more than they did last year because you remember they didn't have a spring with them yep they didn't really have a real summer with them Mm -hmm. uh i think they know what he can do well and what maybe he struggles with and they're only asking him to do what he does well yes Mm -hmm. and if that can continue against a tough team on the road it really comes down to what quarterback makes the most mistakes yeah. Um Frank, you know, both it, of them are capable of doing Right. That. If if you tell me that UTSA has two interceptions and Memphis didn't throw any, give yeah. give me Memphis, you know, pretty easily. And if it's been, reversed, I think UTSA can go win this football. And
0: that's been a big difference. I mean you look at so I'm looking at Seth Henningan right now. He has one pick. It came last week against Mississippi State on the whole season. They beat Arkansas. Arkansas State 56, 50 or 55, 50, five touchdowns, no picks, right? He's taken care of the ball. And Frank Harris, I mean, granted, they were they They just they took care of business against uh, Middle Tennessee, but two picks last week against Middle Tennessee. Yep, um, has not been the cleanest, but you know, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna say UTSA. All right, woo, I'm going for it, man. This is
1: that reverse jinx from a Texas State (laughs) grad. (laughs) Um, yeah, I I think I just I to me I'm taking Memphis plus three, and this could be one of those like uh, that way if I'm if I'm wrong I'm like still happy about it type of situation. Uh, but it just feels like a little too much, mm. you know. Like this just mm. feels like a step up, and like a, you know, like in the NFL, how you have to like go to the playoffs and get beat a couple times before right. you can like advance in the playoffs. This feels like UTSA is kind of like first introduction to big time G five football, sure, sure. and it just may be a little bit too much. But I mean, a Jeff Trailer team has never really looked overwhelmed in the history of me watching Jeff Trailer teams, so they're going to be ready to play. I I think. This may be the game of the week. I mean it's Texas A and M, Arkansas, fun, yeah. Tech I mean, there's a lot of games this week, but this one this one could be a really good game for guys, for people who like don't just watch the big power mm-hmm. five schools. Right.
2: Coming up, we have Rice versus Texas Southern this Saturday at five thirty PM. You can watch this on ESPN three. I'll make it a little bit interesting. Okay. Neither team has won a game yet this season. That is true So there thing. will be a positive outcome <laughs> for at least one of these teams.
1: Zero zero tie. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. no just just, no, run, no. just runs out. It
1: just runs out.
0: <laughs> look. We'll just look at you just no. want to leave. We're, just, we're, just, we're good. <laughs> no overtime. <Just laughs>
1: this is a punishment game. If anybody out there is listening right now and you have a kid who's been acting out a little bit, sit them in front of a TV at 530, give them ESPN3, and make them watch every single snap of this game.
0: Yeah, this is going to be bad. Um, Texas Southern still looking for its first win under uh, uh, Coach, McC- Coach McKinney. Rice better win this, let's yeah. put it that way. I mean, <laughs> Texas, win. they're still looking for, like, college-level athletes, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. under, under Clarence mm-hmm. McKinney. You know, we, uh, you know, Greg's talked about that. He, You want to believe in that he has that program and what he thinks that program should be. He, he has a good idea in mind. But, I mean, when you're building, especially at that level, having a year like they did last year with COVID, like, it's just detrimental. And so, like, this is basically year one, right? <laughs> like, this is for him. And so... This is a game where Rice needs to be feeling good about mm-hmm. themselves. This is a game where Luke McCaffrey needs to be coming out looking pretty good. If he's healthy. If he's healthy. Oh, geez, that's right. I completely
1: agree. That's the thing is they yeah. lost They lost Jeez. Green and McCaffrey at, at one point last week to what looked like head injuries. Right. So oh, they may be on be a get... third-string walk-on quarterback mm-hmm. playing against Texas Southern. That's why I said it's a punishment game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, this could be some some pretty bad football.
0: Nonetheless, what, is Mike Bloomgren's third year. Yeah. Or, yeah, the offensive year. line and
1: defensive line should, say, be, should, should be. They should be able to run the ball eighty times and win the football
0: game. Right, exactly. I think it should be very much control things. Get out healthy. You know, no mm-hmm. more injuries. We'll see. Looking at you, Houston Clayton Tune. Uh, nothing like that happening, and you should be out of here. So, yeah. Sorry, Clarence McKinney. Uh, maybe next week. I have no idea if they have next week. <laughs> not not this week. No wins. They're playing
1: North American at one point this year. That's the chance.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That might be the. Ch- yeah. Man.
1: Cause that that team's bad. Yeah. They didn't even have a logo. I don't know if you saw that in week oh, one. Oh,
0: still listed as TBD. In, 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 in week like, one,
1: I can't remember who. They, I think they played Lamar. Yeah, yeah. They got blown out by Lamar. And on the ESPN broadcast, it just said logo, like, and you know that somebody forgot to put in, oh. North North or they just couldn't find it. Oh, jeez. You know?
0: Yeah, North American University, October second. Okay, maybe that's the one. Maybe that's the one. I'd rest some of my
1: starters <laughs> this week. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would too. Why, Why not? Moving on. God, I'm never gonna be allowed at Rice. <laughs> you aren't. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Moving on before Craven gets completely banned. Chuck Poole is the best S.I.D. Banned.
1: in the business, by the way. He really is. Sorry, go ahead. Seth. I'm derailing. That. <laughs>
2: Anyways, <laughs> next up we have North Texas at Louisiana Tech this Saturday at six. You can watch this on Stadium. And shocker, Louisiana Tech is favored by
0: eleven. And a half. I want your opinion. Yeah, you you, I, I, you I, called La Tech and SMU as a shootout last week, yeah. and that was you nailed that one.
2: I did. I just
0: you're the Louisiana Tech expert. <laughs> <in> this, <laughs> yeah,
2: I guess, I guess so. I think they're gonna do the same thing that they they did at SMU. Um, obviously, less of a competition. Um, I think they're going to put up a lot of points very quickly. They're such a fast-paced team. Um, and I just, I really just don't think UNT is going to be able to keep up with such a fast-moving offense like La Tech is. Mm-hmm. And just by watching them last week, <sighs> I just – man, I, I, I really wish I was wrong. I wish I had called that game wrong, and I wish it was closer. But, I mean – just going back to last week, it was just the tone was just set early on when just mm-hmm. Jace Ruder threw that pick, the very first play of the game. It was just set, and if they come out like that again, the same, same exact thing's going to happen at this game.
1: North Texas was tied – or not tied. They were down to SMU 7-6 to six at halftime. Mm-hmm. Since then, they've been outscored 68-6. Oh,
0: mm. oh, my goodness. So, yeah. uh, I think this has the makings of a game where UNT comes out – Definitely better than last week. I don't think they get blown off because I don't think they make so many mistakes early. I don't think they give up as many big plays right off the bat. I don't think LaTeX defense is as good as UAB's. And so I think this is a game where I think in the third, early fourth quarter it gets away. But this would be, I wouldn't be shocked to see this as like a final score 38-20 game. Where you're just like, oh man, they're within they were, a touchdown. They were up, they're within right. a touchdown. Jace Rooter maybe get some things going again. Because I do think what we saw against SMU wasn't a fluke. Right? No. I do think they are capable of hanging in there, but it's just when those backbreaking mistakes come and you early know this on. defense mm-hmm. when, you, when you know this defense isn't going to stop big plays, you just can't have that. And so I think if he takes care of the ball early, they can stay in this game for the most part. I don't think they can stop latex to be from scoring Mm -hmm. and i don't think their offense is consistent enough to keep up just like smu did last week but i do think they look a lot better than they did against uab i don't think that they turn they're turning the ball over early but i do think this is one that pulls away late i'm gonna say latex covers this because i think late. I think they're teasing maybe like seven, maybe it's seven to eight points for most of the game. Yeah, before maybe they start getting to pull away a little bit. Double digits are so late. So. Yeah, I do agree you th- with that.
1: Do you think is there a team Jace Ruder versus a team Austin or is it just they're going to ride both of them and see who's playing better that day? Because I mean, uh, I feel like at one point we had kind of turned a corner and thought. Reuter was going to be the guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, And then he struggles, you know, six of 13 for 34 yards, you know, and I, it just feels to me like, and I, I said this about a, a few teams, I, there's just no identity. I don't know what North Texas is right. doing offensively. I know they right. want to run Tory as much as possible, mm-hmm. but you can't ask them to run against eight, nine-man boxes exactly. the whole time. They're going to have to figure out something in the passing attack. Mm-hmm. To me, that means you just pick a guy and you got to just and that let, was, him, you gotta let him exactly. suffer a little bit sometimes.
2: That was the biggest problem last year, not being able to really solidify a mm-hmm. starter before every game. It was either a toss-up between Austinani or Jason. Jason. Bean. Bean. and that's the same thing that's happening this year and it's killing them you can't find any rhythm within an offense it's just it's tearing them apart
1: yeah and if you're if you're a wide receiver if you're a running back if you're an offensive lineman things change depending exactly. on what quarterback is out got there it. like nobody just runs it's not a video game they right? right? like everybody's right. got a different cadence or they you know their drop backs different or when they want the ball out and all that kind of stuff and it just feels like you're always you got to split snaps mm-hmm. uh-huh. also in practice, yeah. and so you just you're never going to build the cohesion and the consistency that is required to be a good offense and when you're rotating multiple
0: quarterbacks. And it doesn't right. help that like both of them have kind of been eh. right. Nobody right. will just take no one exactly. Taking the right. jo- it's not like you know like a. It's not like a Texas with, like, Card and Thompson where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Thompson's the senior, so you might as well just put him out there and they respond better to him and whatever. It's just like – Right,
2: they're both if, kind of on that same level. Yeah, it's like you they're know? both
0: kind of like – Right. And I think last year we even acknowledged that, like, you know, Ani maybe didn't give the team the ceiling that Jason Bean did at times because mm-hmm. with his ability to run. But you know that he wasn't going to mess things up either. Right. And so, like, this year it's like, okay, well, I don't know. Is that is that the, the benchmark? You just don't want to mess things up? Or do you want somebody who can make things a little bit more – Dynamic with Jace reuter's arm a little bit, but so.
1: the risk has to be worth the reward. Hundred yeah, percent, And, and easy. if the risk isn't, if it's no longer worth the reward, if they're the same quarterback, one's just throwing more interceptions. I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough position for Latrell to be in, and that's just one of those things that they got to figure out before they can really move forward as a program.
2: Yep. Right, and uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to ask you guys: Do you think Seth Latrell is on the hot seat
0: right now? <sighs>
1: I don't know what that means in North Texas.
0: I was, I was yeah. just about to say, the thing the thing that I think Seth the is going for him is that program when he's not there. And that's just an honest answer. Like, right. I,
1: I just don't know what the clamoring is right like if mm-hmm. if if there's enough to like really put him on a hot seat in north texas or if it's one of those things where we're going to be in the same position next year no matter who mm-hmm. the coach is right. so you might as well stick with the guy through his contract because when when he's had a good quarterback right they've had good teams yeah. exactly it's just figuring out who how to do that how to figure out that quarterback and you would think with the transfer portal the way it mm-hmm. is now do what Utah did and just take four right. transfers, <laughs> one off season. <laughs> Pull a just Utah. Figure out, just figure out one maybe or something like that. But yep. to yep. me that's just the they're fighting with one hand tied behind their back. Uh-huh. And yep. you know, you just you're not talented everywhere else enough to do that. I, not many teams are.
0: I think Agreed. barring like barring like a three win season. Yeah. I think he's okay. Because I mean, the pr- again, he, it's always like battling expectation, right? He's battling his own expectation of what right. the program did when he first got here. And so it's firmly his program, his guys, his facilities, all that stuff has been upgraded since he's gotten there. And again, I just go back to w- his biggest argument is what this program was without him. Mm-hmm. And I think that do you want to go back to a program whose floor was two wins, right? Like they could get as bad as that when when, when he wasn't there. And or do you want to keep, Given given some slack to the guy that could potentially get you back up to eight wins, right? If he figures out whatever the hell is happening in recruiting, <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> which again is is he's not blameless of it's his program now, so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's just kind of debating that. Right.
2: Well, moving on next we have Houston versus Navy. This Saturday at 6 PM. You can watch this game on ESPNU and whew, Houston's favored by 20 points.
1: Yeah. Navy's not good. Navy's <laughs> not good right now.
2: You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Navy is not good. Yeah. Navy <laughs>
1: subscribe for, hot for more takes. hot days. Hot tags <laughs> like Navy is not good, insider information. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, to uh, me, if we're just talking about the gambling side of this, it, I mean, I would just need to know Clayton Toon's availability. If sure, Clayton Toon yeah, sure. plays, take hey, Houston, you know, minus 20. If, if, he's, if he's not going to play or if it's just one of those things where he's going to be dressed out, you know, and it's one of those, you know, breaking case of emergency type deals. Right. I think Navy could keep this one close because in theory they run the type of offense that can keep it close if it's clicking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I, th- I want to say um, Holgerson said he'd be good. to Last week after the game, he said mm-hmm. he'd be good to go. Yeah. And it was just precautionary because it was grambling and you don't need to throw him out there. Um, we'll see because we didn't mention how lingering that kind of injury could be, something like a hamstring. Yep. Um, I also don't think that um, Bogu would not be bad to put in this game either. I mean, if you get up in this game, Navy, you know, that flex bone triple options, not an offense you're worried about coming back against you, right? They have scored 10 points this year, Navy, total, <laughs> against uh, Air Force and Marshall. So two mm-hmm. teams that they should be able to keep up against. They've lost 49-7 40, and 23-3. to 3. I mentioned how they fired then unfired their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a mess right now, and there's yeah. so many things that they got to worry about that I think Houston's going to skate by. Um, it doesn't, yeah, as far as this line goes, that's basically it when you're looking at, you know, that's that's where the worry about Clayton Toon comes in. I still think they're going to be okay. I'm going to say Houston, it's a huge line, rightfully so, but I think Houston's going to be fine in it because I'm looking back on their rushing numbers. Oh, that's worse than I thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so against Air Force, they ran 34 times, for net 36 yards. Mm. Um, looking at Marshall, they ran, s- is that right? Oh my God, 76 times for 337. But that's less than five yards a carry with 76 attempts. Yeah. That is a bad flex bone triple option offense. I think Houston will be fine. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think they will do. I will say this this is the most annoying week for Houston defenders.
0: Yes, like you know, oh, right, dealing you with the again is yeah. like
1: Lyman diving at your ankles all week <laughs> and stuff like that. And you can't get I,
0: mad at him because he's a, he's a troop. He's gonna <laughs> <right>. <laughs> He's going to be, he's gonna be <laughs> serving protecting time. our country. Like, he's oh, like, Twenty-three years, years old right. and stuff. <laughs>
1: he's like, a yeah, kid. it's just uh, it's one of those. This is one of those games that like I think. I mean, I think Houston wins comfortably. But for me, it's not going to be shocking if this is like uh you know a thirty to thirteen type of sure, game sure, where sure. Navy covers just because Houston just doesn't keep trying to put up points <laughs> right. or whatever, and they're just
0: – And their linemen are tired of – Right, they're, they're just the they're knees. just trying to
1: get – They're just trying to win and get to next week. Right. You know, this yeah. is one yeah. whenever you're playing one of these, like, option offenses, you just want to win and get to next week. Because every now and then it just gets really weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And moving on to our last game of the week, UTEP versus New Mexico. Oh, man. Saturday, 8 p.m. You can watch this on the Pac-12 Network. UTEP is favored by one and a half points, and our good friend oh. – Greg Tepper tweeted out this week, this is just the fifth time since 2014 the Miners have been favored at home against about? an FBS opponent.
1: Yeah, I wonder where he got that stat. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Was it from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh,
1: I, I'm super excited about this game, probably because I expect to get back home around 8 o'clock, yeah. you yeah. know? And yeah. so, like, I'm just going to just lay back in my seat and watch some, watch some, some UTEP New UTEP Mexico. Um, ah, man. You asked the question earlier, is there a team in the state that we know less about, of about? UTEP is a good candidate. UTEP this. is one that we didn't bring up there that I think we don't know much mm-hmm. about at all. They sure. were much better than their first two opponents, and they beat them handily like they were supposed to to go 2-0. They weren't in the same weight class as Boise State. They lost that one pretty easily. So this is kind of the first game of the year, maybe the only game of the year, where it's just this evenly matched, and we're going to see kind of what UTEP is about. Because I don't think either team has this big talent gap. Sure. So it's just going to come down to execution, Mm -hmm. one two, all the coach cliche type stuff that comes with the – you know a, a matchup of this much parody so it's a big one for the Miners. they can go three and one that's a that's a big that's deal nuts. for them that's yeah. a big yeah. deal for them so especially
2: I, heading into conference play next right, week too right. like the uniform big. texas western oh man out yeah there.
1: it's a late good. enough game where a lot of gamblers like me are going to be tuned in you know and so like it's a it, I, to me and it, this is a this is a pretty important game for utep because yeah. this could be the high water mark of the ceiling Right. 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 This could be where, you know, if we were three and one. We started. Look, we just don't have the horses to, mm-hmm. to compete, but we're getting there. Right. Yeah. Uh, you go
0: and you lose this game, you know, where are you as a program? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking back on trying to figure out last time UTEP was three and one. Because this, I mean. There's probably a reason you for, can't find it oh, right off the bat. <laughs> 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 just want to throw it out there. I'm 10 years <laughs> back already. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but put it this way like, I was somebody who was asking what this program was, Entertainment Temple. Right. I was somebody who was asking what the direction they wanted to go when they hired Dana Devil, Right. And if they win this game, uh, by the way, the answer is 2010. Um, That's so long ago. Um, And ironically, one, two, three, four, New Mexico. They also beat New Mexico to get that mark in 2010. So that's interesting. But so if they win this game. To me, the answer is just clear. Just get a guy who can coach football, right? Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's nothing flashy. There's nothing – you're not hiring a quote-unquote recruiter. You're not hiring a quote-unquote scheme wizard, X's and O's doing crazy things. Right. You're just getting Baby a guy who, who coached along Bill Snyder for 50 years and just knows how to coach football players. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what – if they win this game, well, even if they don't win this game, I'm starting to see that vision, right, where you're just like, let's just get some decent guys in and get some talent to be coached up because that's one thing that they haven't had is just, they they'll get a will Hernandez. They'll get an Aaron Jones, you know, these guys that are stars and uh, blossom there. But as far as a depth and a roster, right. They, don't ha- they never had that. And if they hit this mark, the fact that they're in position to this to me is a win for Dana Devil keeping his job. And looking forward, I, I don't hate the rest of the schedule win or lose this game, I'm going to take them to win mm-hmm. because I'm trying to look at New Mexico. I mean, they played A&M, they played New Mexico State, and they played Houston Baptist. Granted, Houston Baptist, that lost their quarterback receivers and uh, offensive coordinator, they only beat them by 10,
1: yeah.
0: right? Um, New Mexico State, not a great team. We saw UTEP come out, smack them around, right? Right. I'm going to say UTEP wins. I'm going to say UTEP wins. And I, 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 know I know their running backs are banged up a bit. I think uh, Deion Hankins was held out of the Boise State game. Yep. Hopefully you would expect another week to kind of come back for him. Um, I'm going to go UTEP.
1: They had the extra week. They're at home. Mm-hmm. They're favored. I mean, to me, they win this game. They go to 3-1, and one, and it's like, okay, well, they're going to get favored against Rice. Yeah, North Texas isn't all that great this year that that could get you to f- you know five mm-hmm. wins right yep. there. You sneak one more somewhere else, oh, and now we're talking man. about UTEP right. being around bowl eligibility or whatever. Yeah. If they lose this game, all of those conversations go away. Sure. And so, uh, to me, this feels like one of those like, flag-in-the-ground kind of wins if mm-hmm. they can pull this off, because a lot of eyes are going to be on there. They're going to get a lot of... Mm-hmm. A lot of pub with the Jersey stuff and the, and the West Texas type thing. So it's a, it's a good opportunity to, to kind of put one out.
0: I will say, um, so last year, I know I mentioned 2010. Last year they technically started 3-1, but two of them were against FCS programs. So I'm not going to count that. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, I, f- I feel like we were having this conversation similarly last year, but the difference was they only beat SFA and used ACU by like, 10 combined
1: mm, points yeah they right? they, 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 they weren't were beating it was,
0: by r- right things. so it was not a dominant right exactly that, that new mexico state win earlier in the year was a dominating win right. uh-huh. and so i think they are in a different position again i think it depends on if their running backs are healthy uh gavin hardison it, it's gonna always really depend on what he does if he decides to play like a quarterback who can take care of the ball um i do know they lost uh, walter don jr who has had uh, he's not Terribly rely. Uh, he's not terribly involved, but he had about four or five catches uh, this year, I think. Um, they lost him for the year in their receiving game, so it's going to be more pressure on Jacob Cowing, who I think is a star. He's a stud, um, man. So, um, just as far as depth is concerned, that's a, a small little detriment to them, but. Give me the miners. Let's go, man. Let's get some let's get I some like UT, UTEP bull I'm
1: not I'm not betting against UTEP minus one and a half. That's that's, that's right. Right. If UTEP's favored, you take UTEP. Because there's exactly. something's yep. going something's <laughs> on. Happening. Something's going on if UTEP is favored. Why well, don't take, know it's on the Pac-12 the
0: network, so I don't know if we'll be able to see it. So. <laughs> no one has the Pac-12 network. So. <laughs> I think it's also on
1: ESPN Plus. <laughs>
0: is it? Okay. I, well we'll see. I think. We'll see. Don't don't quote me on we'll that. We'll see. Pac-12 network, <laughs> uh, That's oh god. I don't need to giggle on
2: I don't know about y'all. I'm watching Rice in Texas Southern, so I don't know if I'm able to I don't know if any of us get paid. Enough. i'll i'll make sure i'll have that preview for you guys say, on I'll, sunday I'll,
0: I'll, yeah, yeah give me some you. cliff
1: notes if you're gonna take one for the team and watch rice to texas southern uh let me know so i don't watch it so you don't sunday. have to
2: right i'll take that and off your my, hands that's what i do on
1: sunday is i just sit and i watch <laughs> all the teams from texas play their game so if you've taken
0: that one then i can you don't have to all
2: right Sounds good to me.
0: No, all right, well, that's all we had for this week. I mean, Mallory, we're gonna come, we'll come Mallory on a, we'll have her on Sunday to have talk full, <laughs> yeah, yeah, about Rice. I'll Texas, give you that a full one. play by just play. That one. We're
1: just gonna ring you in once we get to the Rice Texas Southern game. You'll give us two sentences, and then that's it. There yeah. you go. There we go. We won't need. Bye, Mallory. Three. We won't need three <laughs> sentences. I promise. <laughs>
0: Well, that's good to me <laughs> like I said uh last week if last week was a week where we knew basically nothing about any of these teams this is a week where we yeah. seemingly know pretty much everything I feel <laughs> like where we can really have a tentpole narrative to put for the rest of the season yeah. um yeah like Mike's uh, like I said Mike will be at SMU TCU which is gonna be a feisty, feisty game. Um, I'm trying to think.
1: You brought some pretty cool shoes, too, for it.
0: Ooh, yeah. yeah. Mike Craven's shoe game is back now. He's yeah. coming to football again. There we, there we go. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything else for you guys?
2: I was going to go to the Texas A&M and Arkansas game because I mm-hmm. live in Arlington. Oh, yeah. But then I looked at the tickets, and I was like, mm, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can afford that. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I, just, I don't know about that one. just can't do that. Sorry, you, Jerry. You work it. You work it. Dave oh, Campbell's can Texas both. football. Email email somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Hey, Adam. You want to send me over there? We'll see. We'll if you we can make a phone call or two. It's a big you stadium cool. you can
1: hide in somewhere. That's very
2: true. Very true. Yeah,
1: Just say not you're, not up, you're, to you're, you know, you're prepping for state championship week. They, you know, uh, I'm scoping out the
2: best areas. We just just broke the secret. You know what? (laughs) We just broke it. We'll talk more (laughs) off air. We'll
0: love it. (laughs) We will be back Sunday. Mallory will be joining us for a recap episode on Sunday. So we'll be back to recap all these games. Talk to you guys then.